Man, I'm back on that gutter shit you love, man. We back with another episode of MKZ the podcast, man. We at episode seven now, fellas. We at episode days straight. We looking for. Hey, we working. We grinding, man. We grinding. We just trying to continue to put out content for y'all, man. And um, like like we always say at the end, at the beginning, in the description, everywhere. We appreciate all y'all for tuning in and showing love as you guys can. Mm-hmm. So. Without a doubt, um, we're gonna get started with um, episode seven. First and foremost, we want to introduce special guest number three to the uh, MKZ podcast. I know he goes by a few names. He goes by Jay Guapo. He goes by Jay, whatever y'all Guap, whatever y'all want to call him. We got my good friend, my good, good, good friend Jay Guapo in the in the set today. Jay, how you feeling? You feel me? I'm. Man, I'm fucking blessed, man. I'm fucking blessed. I'm shit. I'm on motherfucking Miami Kill Zone, the Florida's podcast in the motherfucking world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Respect it. Hey, we appreciate you, my boy. Thank you for joining us too. And matter of fact, while you're here, you're from Chicago, ain't it? Chicago. You're from Chicago, Illinois, born and raised. Okay, so how do we feel about your bulls? They low-key could have stopped the the NBA world's problems in this Miami Heat. How you how you how you feeling about how they let they let it slip in in the in the play in and and how you just feeling about your Bulls to go forward? How you feeling? To be fair, I'm not a huge Bulls fan. See, I'm a Brian fan, so but respectable, um, respectable. But I feel like the Heat beating them though was the best thing because I don't think the Bulls would have went far no way. Like they. Because I feel like like the Bucks probably maxed they would have beat them in six, um, and so I just don't think that they they would have made the same noise as the Heat. So I'm, you know, what I'm saying the uh, Heat are we're the better team to move forward and to make this fucking run. So. I respect the boys. I respect the heat is here. <laughs> yeah, I respect it. I respect it. Okay, okay. Quick question: You think Demar Derozan is that guy, or, or it's time to move off? What you think? He's that guy. He just needs to see. He's not a three-point shooter, so he needs shooters like Zach. He's a shooter, but they need a guard who can shoot. And Booch, he's decent, but but I feel like they need to move from Booch and move and just like fit more better pieces around uh, Rosen. Okay, I got you. As y'all can see, I'm just trying to give y'all a quick insight into the great takes that Mr. Jay Guapo is going to be sharing in today's episode. Appreciate you for joining us again today, uh, Jay. As you can see by his hat, he's also a part of my frat. So, you know, just showing a little love, you know, showing a little love as we as we go by. But um, I want to start with um, what we said we was going to start um, episode seven um, for our podcast is going to be our questions of the day. So. Questions of the day are going to be quite varied and they're going to be a bit different, you know, different change of pace for what, you know, we usually talk about. But for, just for today's sake, we have to use utilize the question of the day to talk about the some of the biggest news that we're hearing in the NBA offseason right now in that what's going on with LeBron and what's going on with Kyrie. We're hearing talks about one of the two being on the move in some way, shape or form. Kyrie just recently dropped a bombshell, apparently, that he's now recruiting LeBron to start a new big three in Dallas. Like, how are we feeling about it, uh, Smack or, or Key? When, when y'all jump in and tell me how y'all feel about about just the whole rumblings we've been hearing about LeBron and Kyrie teaming back up, and would you rather see it in Dallas or L.A.? You want to go? No, you can take that one. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, LeBron not leaving LA, bro. Fuck that. I don't care what none of that. Like, 
Like that, that makes no sense. Well, LeBron's unpredictable. We've seen that throughout his career. We think he gonna stay in Cleveland. He go to LA. We think he gonna stay in Cleveland. He go to Miami. But he's old. And he could tell he's old, and then he gonna have to reset again. Go to Dallas. His his family gonna have to be. It's not been in LA for so long, bro. His son going to USC. And I don't know how what his contract is. Can he like only left on his contract? Is, is, is it a player cause to, for trading, or is it like? You know what? I don't. I don't know. I actually don't know the specifics on Bron's contract. I just kind of feel like it was just you know some 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 news to throw into the air. Honestly, when I hear yeah. a lot of these reports, a lot of times I be feeling bad for the guys for these NBA guys because I feel as though some of this should be fake, bro. Like, who would have like? Why would Kyrie just open his mouth and just go to whoever dropped the report? Yeah, I want Bron over here in Dallas. Like what? Like it's just the most random, just out of out of the ordinary yeah. takes sometimes, and I don't know. But I mean, it's just some interesting news that you know we've been seeing on Twitter, we've been seeing on Instagram and stuff like that. How you? So I'm just trying to see how y'all feel about just the dynamic. It, it's um, because what happened in the beginning, right? Didn't they? Um, it's all the reports. They, didn't the, like the Dallas say that they didn't have a confirmed handshake with Kyrie or him going to the Dallas, right? I heard about that. That was yeah. reported, mm-hmm. and then. I think last week it showed Phil Handy. He's one of like the uh, we call them people again. The coaches that helped develop the trader, the developed player um, coach for the Lakers. He he was seen with Kyrie, I think, in L.A. So I don't know what all going on. It's like like you said, like people could be talking, just seeing everything, but we don't really know what's really going on. Right. And I heard there's a report that that came up just yesterday saying the Lakers are not trying to even go for Kyrie in the off season. And there's no sign of trade being done with D'Lo. Like we don't, I don't know. Like everything is in the air right now. Everybody's talking about reports, but I honestly, I don't know if LeBron. He like he's. It feels a young LeBron potentially, but he 38. He can't play no defense. The Mavericks, no one on that defense can play defense. They have no bench. If they combine all the play to get us a lot of money, like I don't see that being power. Like I think what he said. Like I think it's just all talk at this at this point. Just everybody's talking to try to start some drama. Respect it. Respect the smack. What you think? Yeah, I do think a little bit because, you know, Kyrie, a private person, so, like, a report of him just saying or just leaking out that, oh, yeah, I want Brown to come over here. I mean, it could be true, but at the same time, knowing Kyrie, and plus he has said on his on his IG Live earlier that, you know, he's not really focused on his free agency or whatnot. He just take it day, day by day, and, you know, when the time comes, then he'll, you know, worry about that. But for now, he's just watching basketball and just trying to enjoy his life. So, and the idea of it, them joining together in the Mavericks, I mean, it'd be cool, you know, having that three-headed duel. I mean, that triplet of Doncic, Braun, and Kyrie, but it's damn near impossible to get Braun over there. Like, when it comes to assets and just trying to trade him over there with a year left on his contract. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a lot of good points. I'm going to be honest, as far as the fit is concerned, y'all know how I felt about Luka and how I still continue to this day feel about Luka. I feel like his play style is just... It's very difficult to win with because being that, you know, you have players like him that have to have the ball in their hands and make up so much of their offense. It's kind of difficult to, you know, find the right the right mixture around those guys for it to work and, you know, in, in, in the way that it needs to work, especially in today's league. So, I mean, it would be cool, but I don't know if I believe in it. So, to our special guest, Jay, Smack, what the fuck are you laughing about? You always laughing about you making me laugh, bro. <laughs> Man, y'all bro, I heard you playing jumping. It was going in the background. <laughs> right, you saw, you saw him looking over to the right, right? You seen that? 
Because they blowing shit up, but they still building that mall back there. <laughs> oh, shit. I know, I, know, I know you remember them, rem- them rumblings. Hey, 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 I remember them days, boy. I remember them days, boy. But, hey, to our special guest, Jay, <laughs> being that, you know, you prefaced it, uh, today's episode by saying you're a bronze fan, um, do you even do you like the fit with him, Doncic and Kyrie? Do you want to see him and Kyrie get back together? I know we've seen it work in the past, but like Smack said, you know this was a and and Smack and Key said, excuse me, this was a very you know that was a young Bron, that was a younger Bron than the Bron we see today. So how you feel about it being a you know diehard Bron fan? Um, him like being in fucking Dallas, I don't think that's the best. Like that, that don't make sense since those are three ball dominant players. And they don't cut. They don't. They don't do no like hard movements to get open. So it's, it would be super duper fucking stagnant. And and then mind you that if they get Brian, then they are moving pieces out. So like Bullock is probably gone. Um, just lots of like pieces would be gone too. So then you you would be bringing in some like just like some throwaway guys. People like some fucking yeah. So. I just don't 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 think that makes sense, and it's just those players specifically don't cut and they don't play defense, and so it's just it's just dumb. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it would be similar to you know well Dallas has already fallen victim to it before in that they've lost guys like Jalen Brunson and other guys that were very solid pieces for their organization just off of you know wanting to move in different directions, which I can understand, but you got to understand that this league is not to me it's kind of flowing away from that super team era where you need three huge guys to win a championship whereas now we're moving more towards you know how it used to be where you have you know a nice little duo maybe like a nice little pairing going on but you gotta you gotta the emphasis has to be on the surrounding guys because the league is getting way too talented it's way too deep in order for you know one or two guys to be able to do it themselves and we saw it in Jokic in game two which we'll talk about in a little bit but Key you wanted to say something? Yeah, um, I've seen people complain a lot about those contracts, like those role players are getting 100 mil, 890 mil. I think those contracts are important because they kill off those super teams that we, we see now. Yep. Like, you can't have a Kyrie, Luka, and LeBron if you want to have a great 3D wing, a great center that could pass and shoot. They, they cost money too now, so you, you can't build a team like that no more. I think those contracts really help and fix that by the league. And I, I really enjoy that by the league because the super teams now, that's kind of dead. Like, two players, okay, but three, four guys that are superstar players, like, come on, man. That's not entertaining no more, bro. Yeah, it hasn't been working, and I know we've kind of been seeing drops in um, the ratings I've been hearing about from the NBA's perspective, yeah. but I think this is better for basketball. Us all being, mm-hmm. you know, people that have come from basketball, us being fans of the game, and truly, you know, truly appreciate the game for what it is, we appreciate seeing, you know, the depth that co- that goes with teams like the Miami Heat or the um, Denver Nuggets. We appreciate, you know, the the you know the flow away from the top heaviness that the league used to have back in the day so you know i think it's i think it's good for the game and i feel as though you know it wouldn't be a smart move to for dallas to try to put all their their eggs in one basket and assume that it's going to work out because even they're trading for Kyrie, them niggas didn't even make the playoffs you know so it's a whole it's it's yeah. it's, it's craziness you know it's craziness but i mean that's a that's a good intro to today's episode I think the main thing, I think the, best, the, the the first place to start with today's episode, I got to admit I was wrong. I have to admit I was wrong. I have to admit I was wrong. I, I opened my mouth last episode and I said Miami was going to go down 2-0. I 
I said Denver Nuggets was going to come in and handle business. And I need to stop disrespecting my team like that because why would I not think that Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley and the Miami Heat culture that it is what it is would not come in and handle business for game two or at least make some sort of a judge, adjustment to make things work. It was a great game to watch. Um, people, guys stepped up on both on both teams, I feel as though. You know, Denver yo, had his. Yo, you feel me? Yo, very good. up. Hey, shut up, man. Fuck. It. It's still fuck Struess. I don't give a damn about. Struess. I don't give a damn. About, I don't give a damn about Struess. But nah, just talking about how game two went. How do you guys feel as though you know the game progressed and what you know what changes did you guys see from um you know the the happenings of game one? A smack. You want to start? Um. A change that I seen, um, they went they went with a bit more zone. Like they played a lot more zone, and that that really slowed down uh, Jamal Murray and Jokic action. Them dribble handoffs or the pick and rolls, you know, got them doing more isolation and one on ones. And as we seen, Jokic drop like forty one, but only had four assists. And everybody else, Murray, the most he only had eighteen. Everybody else was low tens or just single digits. So that was like a big adjustment. And I was watching another film breakdown of the game and uh, Spo made Spo's biggest adjustment that he, that he was pointing out is that Bam, like we seen early in the game that Bam's getting like low post touches, you know, trying to go like quick one-on-ones. And then in the second half, he went away from that and it had Bam, we seen on the high post, on the elbows or top of the key running and then they're running guard to guard actions with them screening for each other. And we seen Duncan Robinson get some layups and threes, Gabe Vincent layups and threes. So. The fact that Spo was saving his best offense for the second half, yeah, that's, that, that's risky, but it's just genius, damn near. Just a game of chess. Right. It's risky, but we Spo, Spo has been proven to be a guy that, you know, has kind of, you know, veered away from the norm in order to make things work for his team. So it's, it, it, it was a pleasure to see the Miami Heat pick things up in the right direction for um, for game two. But it looks scary. It looks scary to begin with. Like, I must be honest. Jay, how you felt just at the beginning of the game being that, what Denver almost had what close to I, I don't want to say a quick twin no Miami started off with the lead we had, yeah. yeah we had like a 10 point lead and that's exactly and at some point at some point in time it, we saw things kind of pull away in the other direction Jay how you feel like the game went so the first thing is that like Spoke started Love and uh he didn't start uh Martin mm. so just that there that like that more length and, and that bigger body for Yoke to think you when like he, he's doing like post spins and post ups like he got to think now since that's love not Martin just there you know what I'm saying so just that small thing there I feel like made the Nuggets think more um and then like just Max Cruz coming out and the thing about Max Cruz is that like he's not skilled but the way he cuts and gets like like he cuts and then like he has a fast shot so like he just puts lots of pressure on the nuggets mind you that michael porter is not it's like first off he's huge but he's, he's not a defender by no means like he's very bad at it and so like just that pressure of max roots being able to sprint out and then vincent like both of them do like similar like they like cut hard and shit like that so just putting them in the starting lineup to set that at pace first, and then love to be there on the, the defensive for um Jokic was just huge. So 
yeah. like sports start off yeah yeah i agree i agree i, I feel like the, the, the main thing that you pointed out which was something that you know i saw some guys in the media calling for after game one and it proved to work in um the heat's favor in game two that changed to a bigger lineup that bringing in of that veteran and kevin love who has been a guy that you know has been there before multiple times at that you know, we, that experience coming in, I know people have been saying, yeah, he's on the back end of his career. He's older. He's slow. It might not be, might not work in, in, in the Heat's benefit. But you got to realize, you know, at the end of the day, basketball is basketball. You know, I seen a recent quote from Jokic, not a recent quote, but a quote about him and why he chose to forego college or not come to the, um, to the States to play college basketball. And he said something along the lines of, the guys are just too fast. They move They move too quick. They jump too high. I just play basketball, you know? And he's being honest about that, you know? Because at the end of the day, yes, the athleticism and all those things can work in your favor and can be beneficial if utilized correctly. But the guys that know how to play the game are the guys that know how to play the game. And the guys that's going to come out here and, you know, methodically pick and choose their movements are the guys that's going to inevitably draw that same success as we see from guys like Yoke. So that change was huge. And Struess, I've been talking shit about Struess for the longest. Everybody know. If you know me, you know I don't like Struess. But I'm glad to see him come back in the right direction. And uh, you, instead of, you know, use, using the, bad, the, the terrible shooting night of game one to uh, deter him and, and pull him down, he was able to, you know, Excel. He had what, like eleven and like what first first half. He was he was he was he was doing exactly what he needed to do. You know, it was it's, it's that's a great bounce back, and I think that's the confidence he needs to bring back into Miami. Key, how you feel about getting two? Um, Shooter started making their shots. Uh, they everybody made their shots. We saw Shoes come off hot. My my ticket hit. By the way, everybody. Well, it didn't hit, but. Struce hit for me though, my dog Struce. <laughs> that prize pick will get you every time. I already yeah, know. Yeah, he get you. <laughs> uh, he did his thing. Um, and I was, I was, what I said from last podcast kind of happened and it was split because I was iffy on the Kevin Love start because I thought it wasn't going to work as much with him guarding someone like Aaron Gordon. I feel like Aaron Gordon's, he's big and he's quicker than Kevin Love. Mm. But what they did was they put Kevin Love on Jokic and like I, I, I was asking, they put Bam as a help defender. So and one thing we didn't notice too is that um, Jokic had four, but he also had five turnovers. Mm -hmm. We never see that with Jokic before. Yep. Never get more turnovers and assists. Um, I think that was because Cody Zeller also guarding him. He was playing like boo boo. But Cody Zeller was guarding him. Kevin was guarding him. Other dudes was guarding him while Bam was helping off. And you know, Bam has long arms. He's great to react off the um, off the passes and get steals off Jokic. And Jokic said, "Okay, I'm set to pass him. He's going to score more." Mm -hmm. And um, one thing about that, I I, I kind of said in the group chat earlier when we were watching the game in our little group chat, how like we need Jokic to score more because it helps them um play bad. I don't know if y'all seen that interview with Eric Spoelstra. He was talking to that lady. He was like, "Oh, people who say that have the untrained eye, like that is a bad take. We don't want the ball in his hand at all." And like I get where Spoelstra is coming from, but like I feel like that offense just flows ten times better. With Jokic getting maybe 26, 27 points and him getting like five or six offensive rebounds and him getting like 10 or 11 assists. Right. Because Jamal Murray will get his. He just had a bad game. But Michael Michael Porter, Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, the boys, they weren't getting the ball as much and they're not really shot creators. They're more of like off ball movement. That's how they played Nuggets basketball. And with Jokic scoring that much and not giving the ball up that much. Uh, it kept him close in the game, but it doesn't win in the game. And I want to, I feel like I wish Eric Spoelstra was here so I could ask him, like, how, how did, I mean, I understand, like, 
Jokic getting 40 is not good for your team to play against, but him getting 40 kind of helps them better on defense, I feel like. I don't know. Right. It sounds dumb, but I wanna, I'm curious about how he thinks about that. No, I get what you're saying, honestly. And it goes back to the discussion that we um just had a bit, a bit earlier when we were talking about the value of these role players, you know? Last episode, yeah. last episode, I emphasized how important Bruce Brown was. You know, guys like Bruce Brown, you got guys like KCP, guys like, you know, Michael, I know Michael Porter has, has become that third option. Brown too. Right, right, right. He's become that third option in, um, in Denver. But it's important that, that the, the level of play with your role playing guys can be elevated in order for them to assist, you know, take some of the load off the off off the back end off the um you know your main guys so to i know spolstro was very you know very negative or very harsh towards that take of you know is the is the recipe letting Jokic get his and trying to stop lock down everybody else but at the end of the day one it worked as we've seen they won the game and two Jokic, like let's be real scoring to me in basketball i love scoring and you know I w- but like me being the the player, the player two times, he would not consider himself a predominant scorer because I appreciate everything else that goes into the game. I'm not gonna be the guy that's gonna force up a shot over two when I know I can make the extra play or at least boost the confidence in my guys in the corner or my guys cut into the basket. Like, hey, listen, I could get mine, but I got trust in you to get yours. Even if it don't work out, that's boosting their confidence. That's boosting their level of play. You know what I'm saying? So when you're able to slow that down and you're able to um, have the focus on, yeah, Jokic, Jokic is going to get his. The best guys are going to get theirs regardless. You know. So if you can kind of slow down everybody else, I truly do feel like that's the recipe for this Denver Nuggets team. And it's something that, you know, goes undervalued. And when you have guys like Michael Porter, who – had what five points? He had five. He had five yeah. points. How much did how much did KCP had what? Hope has six points. He has six. six points. You see, like when you're able to slow down these guys that have been giving you a solid fifteen, and 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 um and Michael Porter's case a cool twenty, you know twenty two, a night. When you're able to slow these guys down and have them continue to shoot this poorly, it works in the benefit of your team. So, Jay, what do you feel like as far as just defending Jokic? Because we know what Jokic is. Jokic is going to get his numbers every single time he steps on the floor. But as we've seen, you know, they're winning. They, they Matter of fact, I believe I heard a stat where in the games that Jokic has dropped 40 this playoffs, I believe they're like 0-3. So mm. it's kind of showing, you know, it's kind of showing face what what the deal is with Yoke. So how do you think you handle Yoke, and how do you feel like the Heat kind of adjusted to that? You know, let the main guy get his, but let's make sure that we're airtight on every on on everybody else. Yeah. So Yoke, mind you, he had forty one, but he was minus though. Like the uh, whole Denver starting lineup, they were minus. Right and the whole heat lineup were plus mm-hmm. so he did really really good and zeller he got he got he got fucked up he was getting he was getting messed up so bad hey one of but our one of our homeboys hates hates cody zeller bro whenever he's still <laughs> he's still on the course this nice episode strip him of his minutes shout out ep please. shout out ep i know ep no, hates you, cody zeller but 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 say what you no, want to say you need to you need to play him no like he don't he's not he's he sucks but he gonna play hard as hell and like he gonna try his best to put his hands up body you so just 
putting more bodies on yoke and more big bodies just to make him tire throughout the, the um you know what i'm saying like like by the fourth he should be tired if you throwing zeller love bam yep. butler just making him work and think so they did good but um they need to do better though because he still had 41 regardless like they did good but he still had a 40 ball but Porter had five hope had six and bruce brown had uh 11 so mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying they did the best that they <laughs> could but moving forward i think that they should stay with them um making bam the help and putting love and and cody on on yo exactly and that's exactly what key was just was just pointing out in that bam you know he has the athleticism he has the defensive prowess because let's, let's not forget he's been what in that defensive player of the year discussion for the last what three to four years now like he has been he has solidified himself as a solid defender in this league so you know him him coming on the backside instead of being that that focal point guy for a lot of these um these defensive possessions has one allowed him to take a little bit of a rest on the defensive end being that you know we've asked him to do so much more on the offensive end especially this series like what he played 40 minutes um the other night he had 21 points nine rebounds and four assists on 57 percent shooting so you can see you could you know he's, he's he's been playing well in this series first two games but you can see what the change does as far as his um you know impact on the rest of the game key you you want to say something oh shit. um i did well i kind of do uh i um i'm peeping how the like the help defense how hard it plays um, I don't know if you remember, Dow, but we had like an argument a couple of years ago about um, the Giannis versus the KD Brooklyn Nets and how they had that close game. Right, right. And how, how I was talking about like Giannis. I feel like, I still feel like Giannis should have guarded KD on that last shot instead of being Tucker. I think that should have been over if he did that instead of him for help defense. Mm -hmm. But I do now see more why the help defender, especially someone like a Giannis, someone like a Bam or someone like a jjj or something like that playing help defense and how they could get blocks get stizzling they're long they're, they're athletic it's really effective and i feel like that that would be the key against this nuggets team because Jokic likes to get these passes off and i'm not saying Jokic is going to get a turnover every time but at least you can have someone that can close out on these shooters and, and disrupt the shooters because once Jokic gets the ball out of his hand it's nothing he could do anymore and i feel like Jokic is the peak mountain of this whole offense and he's relying on others which they they always come through for sure but if you disrupt those others it's going to make it hard for them to score and i i feel like teams have been doing that for like lebron james for years and they've been, people have been complaining about lebron why you keep passing ball to the open shooter at the last second of the game we want you to take it because if your last person doesn't make that shot you just lebron james we need you to make that shot and the Jokic has to get that treatment too i feel like but we can't leave those guys open because <laughs> they will knock it down so exactly exactly uh, it goes yeah. it goes to that you know to that same point that we've been saying like you know we understand the we understand the talent of these guys you know it's certain guys in this league that are just once in a lifetime players you got Jokic you got Braun you got Giannis KD guys like that it's very little that anybody on this earth could do as far as slowing them down but if you allow their the impact that they have for the rest of the team to at least be somewhat minimized in some way shape or form i feel like it's beneficial to the team now that we're on the topic of some of the big guys, you know, I kind of want to segue towards a quick conversation about Jimmy Butler. Um, Jimmy Butler played another 40 minutes. 
he had 21, four, and how many, how many, and nine assists. So he tried to get it done a bit more on the um, on the you know distribution side of things, but he shot a he shot a kind of kind of poor 36.8 percent from the field. So how are we feeling just about Jimmy Butler and you know the production that he's been putting out? I kind of want to start on this topic being that you know I've been kind of you know hit or miss with Jimmy as far as my takes have been concerned um we know the talent that Jimmy Butler is and he's proved he's been proving that all playoffs for the most part but in the second half of that Boston series and I feel like now at the beginning of this Denver Nuggets series and I understand I understand I'm hearing that he's his father might be going through it um some 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 issues I'm you know our MKZ's prayers are with his father and I know he's been playing a crazy amount of minutes so you know the case of fatigue does have to be something you take into account but when you're that guy I feel like everything should damn near run through you I'm not saying everything I know that's not that's not very feasible but from the perspective of like him having that say and him demanding the ball and him trying to make the play most times, I feel like lately we haven't really been seeing that out of Jimmy. I feel like he's been a bit more, you know, reserved. And he has the right to be because, like Jay said earlier, you had guys like Martin, you had guy who who played poorly last game, but I'm, I'm hearing he's going through a sickness as well, so he might be I'm feeling better coming up. But you, you got guys like Gabe Vincent, you got guys like Duncan Robinson, who we haven't spoken about, who was tremendous in game two. You know, you got your role-playing guys that are doing what they need to do. And I know he has the utmost faith in his guys, but this series is going to be a dogfight, and I feel like it's going to be one of those series about – you know who's which star at the end of the day i feel like it's gonna come down to which star can outwill the other so <clears throat> excuse me um with jimmy you know he's playing a lot he's doing a lot for our organization for our team but i feel as though we could ask a little bit more of him and we're gonna need to ask a little bit more of him if we're gonna pull out this series against these very very tough denver nuggets uh smack talk to me about jimmy butler i know that's one of your guys You might be there. You're muted, dumbass. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't even – I said one thing. I was just like, oh, but Jimmy, I felt – I don't want to say he's coasting because, you know, he, he would, obviously we see he was a little bit more aggressive. He took 19 shots. He got to the free throw line. Not as much as you usually do with, like, you know, 10 free throws a game, but five is okay. Um I feel like, yeah, he was just letting his guys just trying to, like, really just letting his guys do his thing because he, he did finish the game off with nine assists. So, you know, he was he was passing the ball a lot and, you know, he was getting rewarded for it. Um, really, I just think, for at least for this game, guys stepped up and, you know, he was just really trying to just feed into that confidence and really not trying to take away because late, late in the game we seen he did. He did have that clutch three in the corner and he did hit some late game free throws. Um, I feel like, but there was a lot more opportunities I seen for him to be a bit more aggressive or at least to choose his shots a little better. And, you know, especially like when attacking the drop coverage of Jokic, you know, just trying to go at him and just being more aggressive in, in his jumpers or just getting to the getting right to his chest. But he, he was all right. Obviously, we expect more from him, especially from what he did in the Bucks series, you know, dropping 56 or just almost 30 a game. But, you know, it's it's hard to tell what's going on uh, be honest with you it's, it's really hard to tell he's he's getting good looks some he's not not some shots he's not not getting down or he's just not just being aggressive i feel like yeah yeah i mean i feel like a lot of times with these professional athletes you know we get so used to them 
being what they are, you know, right? Like being these guys that come out and go to work day in and day out that we sometimes fail to realize that, you know, they might be going through their own things on the side. They're human beings at the end of the day. And, you know, they might be, be having their own things that might be contributing to certain inefficiencies or certain, um, you know, slacks in, in, in certain departments. So I'm not saying that's the case with Jimmy, although I've heard it kind of it may be. But, you know, I'm just saying in order for the Miami Heat, the severe underdog in the series to win this series, they're going to need output from a guy like, like JB. So, so, you know. We'll see. We'll see how the rest of the series, uh, you know, unfolds. But um, real quick before we move on, just to the next topic that we wanted to talk about today, um, Jamal Murray. Um, Jamal Murray had a, I would say, a decent game. Uh, he had, you know, 18, 4, and 10. So he had a he he had a very solid game, and um, you know, he kind of did what he had to do for his team. But it's not the Jamal Murray that we've been seeing of old, that bubble Murray that has been dominating. Um, these playoffs. So, Key, how you feel like Jamal Murray's impact on the game kind of, you know, slowed itself down uh, the other day? And do you feel as though Jamal Murray needs to be that pivotal, you know, second option, sometimes first option for the Denver Nuggets if they're going to, you know, pull this series out like everybody expects them to? Yeah, uh, I feel like Jamal Murray, I don't know, like, he he played a great he played he played against great defenses, so I don't know if what Miami's doing is disrupting him. It, it's 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 interesting to see him because I like last game too. Like he was doing good last game, but I didn't feel that impact from Jamal Murray as I usually. You know, I no no I'm mad because these niggas against the Lakers was making everything, knocking down everything, <laughs> shooting over people. They was making buckets. Uh -huh. Now they like. Water down, like, bro. Remember, what I said when I, I said that I feel like they were so hyped to beat the Lakers because they lost Lakers in 2020. Yeah, that's what it's looking like right now, bro. Like, they not playing with that same energy they've been playing with this whole playoffs. Yeah, even, like, even, even game one, even game one, we saw uh Mike Malone go to the presser, and I know Mike Malone has been one to. I feel like he's kind of trying to make a character, a name for himself in the media. If I'm yeah, being honest, bro. you know, yeah. he's just saying, he's just saying whatever, but he had some merit in saying, <clears throat> excuse me. They haven't shot well this series at all. They haven't they haven't shot too too well. Oh, wow. Even game one that we lost, it wasn't the best performance that we've seen from these Denver Nuggets. So, you know, it's something it's something going on with the rest of the guys that they need to clean up if they wanna if they wanna actually handle business. Yeah, bro. And the the drop off the drop handoffs that they be doing with him and on Jokic, I guess it hasn't been working because they've been really crowding him. I see a lot more like they crowd the hell out of my, uh, Jamal Murray. Yeah. And I think that's what also leaves Jokic easier for him to score because once they crowd him, he gets down on Jokic, and then Jokic can just easily go and score on whoever he's guarding, whoever guarding him. So it's hard for him to put up shots. Uh, a lot of his shots that we've seen him put up are crazy shots, and you can't rely on those shots. You need some good open shots, some good flowing basketball, and that's not happening for him. So maybe that's what's going on. But um, I know one thing about Jamal Murray. I've always been about Jamal Murray. When his back against the wall, he climbed over that wall backwards. Like oh, he yeah, always, he's been, yeah. He's been doing so, that since college. He's been doing that since, since college. college. Yeah, exactly. So with him going into Miami, with them like they lost last game, the morale they a little bit low. They, they probably think like that we could actually be beating now. Because I think that's their first loss at home since with March, right? Nuts. Yeah. Yes, that's been their first first home loss since March. That's months ago. That's crazy to think about. So I think Jamal Murray is coming. It is the same day for sure. Like 
I think he's going to be the guy that, like you said, he's going to step up and be probably potentially well option number one next game. I might put him in my points of price picks. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, I, uh, I think I, I think he's going because he has no choice but to do that now. Because the way they've been winning, he's been averaging twenty-seven points in the playoffs. He has to continue to do that. Yeah. Same thing that we feel about Jane Butler. So he got to do the same thing for him because Jokic is going to do Jokic. Yeah. So yeah. and, and, and everybody has to step it up. But I think you think maybe. The players around him also help him out, like Michael Porter, KCP, them scoring. You think that also mm. helps him out too? Mm. I, I have a take, but I'll let, I'll let Jay answer that question. I feel, yeah, like, I feel like he got something to say about that. Well, because I do feel like I do, first I off, do feel like I do feel like that key. But go ahead, Jay. For well, first off, for the the, the uh, Butler point, I I just feel like you can't ask for much more of Butler because of. The he played like his his impact on defense is just so mm. you can't like mm-hmm. like quantify it because like he's playing hard every single minute and he's a smart defensive player and it's, it's just like he's putting so much out on both ends like you can't ask for more of him like he's doing like it like you could say like hit more shots but like he's shooting decent shots like he's attacking he's playing defense on mind you players who are bigger than him uh uh michael porter um um, he not bigger but like he moves like like uh he all like uh he be moving and so and so him michael porter jeff green like these are big dudes who can move who can shoot and he's been locking them down so you can't ask for much more of butler um before the uh, uh, before the Murray point, um, I feel like definitely him with 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 uh, Pope and then Porter just spacing the flow out, knowing that those b- b- both when they're hot, those are knockdown shooters. Just knowing that people can't like help it as much, and Murray he's a shot like he gonna, you know what I'm saying? So like just that spacing is just um and giving Murray the space to do the things he's been doing. So definitely those two players, specifically Pope and Porter, spacing that floor out who can shoot is just, yeah, making it better for him to move around and stuff like that. Yeah, those guys, so, those are the guys that need to produce in order for for him to shine the way that he's been shining, you know. We're seeing, um, like like we detailed, the, the, the terrible games of MPJ and, um, and KCP, you know. Those are games that, let's be honest, they can't afford to have against this Heat team, especially this series, you know? Like, you're playing for, for all the marbles right now. This is the NBA Finals, the NBA fucking Finals, like like Jeff Green was talking about in his presser, you know? Like, this is, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is it, you know? This is the end-all, be-all. So, for guys like, you know, MPJ, we're seeing, um, you know, him not hitting shots, and he's allowing it to affect the rhythm of his entire game. He's no longer playing defense the way that he's been known to, you know, block a couple shots here and there. He's no longer sliding his feet, playing with that same energy. KCP, he's looking like Lakers KCP. You know, I hate, I hate to do that for your <laughs> Lakers fans, but he's not looking like the KCP that was balling for Denver. Like, these guys are going to be need. <coughs> excuse me. These guys are going to need to produce at the level in which they've been producing in order for this Denver Nuggets team to take it over the top. So, you know, with all that being said, I feel like we kind of touched about the majority of everything in game two. I kind of just want to oh, ask. Oh, yeah. go ahead. I want to go ahead, Smack. 
Um, so did y'all hear about uh, from the Draymond broadcast? Like Steve Kerr was like Jamal, like he he's the head of the snake. So how do y'all feel about that that statement mm. from Steve Kerr? He's right. Oh, you think he's I, right? I, I was I was just thinking it because the way the Nuggets play basketball, um, they like to pass it, motion, everything like that. But when it comes down to lock down on the possessions and actually get a bucket, mm-hmm. uh, Jokic is letting uh, Murray play. And, and same thing with um that uh, Draymond Green podcast. You know, on the last shot, I think they end up the well, the first half of the first quarter. Uh, Murray was in the first quarter. Murray was shooting, was like dribbling, dribbling, and it was time. And Jokic hat was open for a three, and he just falling for it. And then he saw that Murray was going to pass him, so he like backed off, and like Murray was dribbling, dribbling, doing that crazy. He pulled up, was a step back three, and he missed it. Jokic wasn't mad, he wasn't angry, he wasn't slouching. He said, "Man, and he missed it. Damn, he was he was supposed to hitting it." And that's what something that Draymond Green pointed out. Like that shows that like for sure they rely on him to score. I feel like. He's that top guy for them, like I said, and he has to score. But they also have to help him out to make it easy for him to score. Right. It's interesting, I feel like, because, you know, I'm actually going to take a point um, a bit different than what you just pointed out. I feel like I kind of disagree with that statement, only because I feel as though what kind of props him as the head of the snake that, you know, it looks like from the outside looking in is the fact that, let's face it, he plays the most <clears> – <throat> Excuse me, damn, bro, my throat going crazy. Like, pause. Hey, yo, pause. I know you're about to say something. Yo, everybody, vibe out. I know you. <laughs> my 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 sinus is acting up today. Y'all chill the fuck out. Fuck y'all. <laughs> but nah, but nah, but nah. It's like you can't even say the word throat these days without anybody saying pause. Like, what's going? On? <laughs> What's really, what's really going on, bro? Like, hey, fuck y'all, bro. But, but not, but not. I feel like I feel like what 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 you know helps as far as you know it's seeming like Jamal Murray is that head of the snake, like you just pointed out, is the fact that he plays you know one of the two most important positions in all of sports: the point guard position, the the quarterback for for um. And um and damn and damn football. I feel like those are two of the most important positions on any any sporting you know level. And him having the ball in his hands the majority of the time, him initiating that offense, a lot of times it does depend on him and what you know the decisions he makes and the performances he puts out. But just from what we've seen from Yoke, as far as the usage is concerned, as far as you know, just his overall impact on how everything else transpires throughout the game i feel as though you know jamal murray's a close second but i still feel like Jokic is the head of the snake being that you know as we've detailed earlier a game in which he's slower on or you know he's a bit more he's a bit down on the distributing side of things is a game that they don't produce the same time of production that they've been producing so you know it's not really pushback to what you're saying key but i just feel like just the, the whole usage side of things because of him i i believe i've I seen a stat recently where his game i want to say game one usage was like top five in nba like like top 10 it's up there in nba history as far as the finals is concerned you know he like his numbers was up there with like those 2018 um calves with lebron and when 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 K Love and, and 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 Kyrie went out, you know, so like, when you got when when you got somebody that has to you know that has the ball in their hands that much and has to um you know be such a you know pivotal role to the offensive scheme for that team, 
I kind of feel as though, you know, the train kind of runs with him. And Jamal Murray, a lot of times, Jamal, a lot of times they can alternate back and forth, but I feel as though what Murray lacks some games, Yoke has the skill set and the potential to pick up on the back end. So that's that's what I feel about Yoke. Jay, what you think? Who you think has has the monster over there in Denver? I think it's definitely Yoke, cause say you swapped Bam for Yoke for the Nuggets, it wouldn't they would not be there. Like or probably have not gone that far. Like I, I just feel like Yoke's passing ability, his playmaking, his shot making, since mind you, the Lakers like that shot over uh, uh that like step back uh three, like that was like you can't find that in no other big man but him, like, to just make that shot. So, I just feel like without Yoke, like, rebounding, playmaking, defense at times, like, he's just uncomparable to other big man. And you could swap out Murray for, say, like a, say, like, uh, like, who's it, like, 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 like maybe a like fox Murray. or somebody somebody else yeah yeah like, maybe a fox like mm. and and then it, it can be that same thing but if you swap out yoke for say bam or yoke for yoke for for Brooke, uh lopez you're not getting that same impact so right definitely. I, yeah i feel like you know and that's and that's not a slight on jamal murray at all you know i feel as though we everybody knows the player jamal murray has and has become and we shouted him out last episode for being able to come back from the injuries in which he was dealing with to still to look like a better player than he was before the injuries you know but just this league has, has been so so recently just centered on having that guy that guy in the in the in the post having that guy down low to make sure shit is straight i feel as though it's kind of it's kind of harder to make up for that um, if it was, you know, any other way, so that's what that's what I'll say. But that's a great question, Smack. What you think? I you didn't share your um your insight. Um, I kind of agree. I kind of agree a little bit with Steve Kurt in the sense of Yoke is gonna get his, as we've seen a forty a forty point game. But the fact that Jamal only had eighteen, and obviously the rest of the guys like Yoke wasn't able to like really involve the other guys. You know, with his passing and stuff, and get him in good rhythm and get him easy shots. It just kind of showed that like Jamal really is that is that shot creator. Plus, in the late game situation, really, I feel like more times than not, it's gonna go to Jamal because he's gonna be able to create. I feel like a better shot than Yoke because you know Yoke, he's not. He's very crafty, but obviously, as we've seen, he likes to bang down low. He's gonna be real physical, and obviously, that could take time off the clock and it's easy. Like you know, probably get a quick double team, even though with his threat of his passing, you're probably not going to. But still. Like when it comes to shot creating late in the game, I feel like really all your guy is really that step back three. Other than that, like anything else probably might take too long and then he it'll it'll mess up uh, it'll fuck things up. Okay. With Jamal, as we seen, he had that late game step back three. It seemed he, it's look it looked good. Like we all thought, like damn, Weejin might be going into overtime, but he luckily he missed off the front of the rim and we're, we're in the game. The series is one one. Hey, thank God he missed that shot. Cause when, I ain't gonna lie, when it was in the air, I thought that bit was wet. I thought he knocked that bit down. I was like, because he hit, because we seen he hit three, he hit three threes and brought him back real quick, and we were like, oh shit. You feel me? You feel me? He's one of them ones. He's one of them ones for real. I feel like I can go either way. You know, they're both very, very, very solid guys. So, you know, that's 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 all that can really be said about them Denver Nuggets. I feel as though I can pose the next question to y'all, and it's something that has been 
gaining, you know, recent traction, especially with their performance in these playoffs. Do we feel like, and Key, I want to start with you. Do we feel like Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the NBA right now? Um, I, I, I do think he's the best coach. This 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 era of NBA coaches pisses me off because there was literally a conversation that if Miami would have lost going up 3-0, they was gonna potentially probably try to get rid of Eric Spoelstra. Mm. And I'm like, bro, I, I don't know. Like, he's been Miami Heat culture. Nobody could come in and do what he do for Miami Heat. Like he's been doing it since Wade was I was say since Wade was legit. Since Wade was <laughs> Since Wade was like in his rookie years, he's been the like at least assistant coach on that team. He knows what that team rings. Yep. So I don't I don't I, I don't think Miami is gonna do that, but other teams that had coaches for years, I think Mike Lowe been that team for how long? What, ten years? Yeah, yeah. And they stuck with him. Mm-hmm. Like he's been that guy. Greg Popovich has been that guy for his team for years. And it's like if they don't be successful, it doesn't mean they're not great coaches, you know what I'm saying? So I that's I've been pissed off about that, but to Eric Spoelstra, yeah, I think he is. Uh, I, I was having a little comp- competition between him and Steve Kerr because Steve Kerr has been great too. People think that oh, Steve Kerr just have Curry and them. He just, I feel like I like what he was doing those prime years with his, the way he laid out the players and formation and stuff like that helps him out. Mm-hmm. But right now he kind of bugging lately. I ain't gonna hold you. So <laughs> it's definitely Eric Spoelstra for me. Yeah. I think Eric Spoelstra is definitely the best coach. The way he his confidence, the way he comes in and talk like what, what he says at the at the podium after the game. I feel like it's nothing compared to what you say in the locker room. I met you in the locker room with that boy Harry Spolster. And I'm down 20 and a half. That nigga was stupid. Remember when he was trying to fight Dean Butler? And then, <laughs> right. You know, this is like, yo, yo, Jimmy, chill out, bro. Like, right. <laughs> no that bit. I'm telling you, he do. He definitely got to screw loose. And you got to have a screw Whoa. loose to be able to coach this team. You do. You do. Like, you do have to. You have to. So. Like, I, I, yeah, he 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 definitely number one for me. I don't care anybody say. I respect that. I respect that. I would I would second I would second that motion. I agree with that statement that he is the the best coach in the league currently. But I kind of want to just you know to something that you said earlier. I kind of want to just change the tangent just a little bit just to make sure MKZ speaks on this. We got to stop blaming the coaches for everything that's going wrong with these organizations. We have to stop blaming these coaches because what they did to Nick Nurse over in Toronto. It's just, it's just foul, and not even Nick Nurse. Um, or him, Eddie uh, Johnson. Yeah, Eddie Johnson. Like it's, it's always some like they bang the, the coaches. Always. Yeah, who? Um, the coach for the Bucks that they just got rid of, bro. Mike uh, Budenholzer. Bro, Mike Budenholzer, or whatever. But I, I can't even lie for that one, bro. Like Budenholzer, he's known for not making adjustments, and then like. But still, he just really... won you a chip. I know we could say it's Giannis, I but they still. just won the chip, bro. Like, you can't even get this man. Two three year grace period, bro. No, 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 no. But mind you, though, that this that this team this time was much more loaded. I feel, and so they should have went further than they did. Too. Right, but Giannis and got injured. Like, okay, but they had they were more loaded though. Like they had more depth. So you think so without Giannis, hurt, so you think without Giannis, they should have still be hurt. Should have should have had no nothing on them beating the Heat. I feel the Heat mm. itself, mm. but because they lost to the Heat. In six, right? Yeah. I feel like that's. I think it was five. 
it might have been yeah, yeah it might have been even fine. worse you might have a point maybe the five that's not acceptable, that's not acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i feel because you they, because they 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 won the one they, they won without Giannis. 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 yeah and they, they had Giannis the rest of the games and so it's like mm. what adjustments are you making and that's only for his case but for the other coaches is is true but for Budenholz, that's the only person i kind of disagree with okay i mean i can respect that take. i still feel as though once you've done it in the grandest level he won a chip I feel like you winning a championship. This might be. This might be. Hey, maybe this is just ignorant for me to say, but I feel like you win a championship. It takes. It's so much that goes into winning a championship that we have to give these coaches more credit and at least like a three year. We can't give these niggas three years to get back. Like, can we chill and moving these coaches so quickly and blaming them for everything? Like Joe Mazzula, for instance, over there in Boston. Even the players talking about, yeah, we we kind of lost our heads went with, with the whole coaching switch or whatever, whatever. No, y'all just didn't perform. We're not going to continue to blame these coaches because Joe Mazzula stepped into that role, a role that probably wasn't as, you know, as promising and as positive as it looks like from the outside in. He steps into this role, and he garners the same level of success that Boston has kind of been, been been known for the past few years. So with a team like Boston, where you've had success with three different coaches now, you had success with Joe Mazzula, you had success with Ime Udoka, you had success with Brad Stevens. Who are we blaming now? At some point in time, we got to blame these damn players. We cannot keep having the onus and the spotlight on these coaches, and whenever something goes wrong, is oh, let's get the coach out of here, because if that's the case, then we should do that for the owners of a lot of these teams. And I know they got them bread. I know they got the money, but like you, you're fucking up. Why? Like the team is not here because of Michael Jordan, get up out of here. Your team has been the worst team for a long time. You see what I'm saying? And I know he's on the process of selling the team too. I heard about, but like, yeah, like we can't keep blaming these coaches, man. And you know, Eric Spolstra, I mean, he's just another one where if I ever hear any rumblings or like we were talking about right before we started um, recording, if I hear any rumblings of the Heat trying to do him dirty like they did Wade or not wanting to give him whatever he wants, it's blasphemous because that is what he's burning that ring. Yeah, we got to. We got to go riot because, bro, like he has earned this. He has earned his stay. He's earned his keep. And he's the best coach in the league, in my opinion. He's the best coach in the league. Jay, what you think? Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, Mike Brown. I ain't going to lie. Um, okay. Ooh. He did win Coach of the Year. He did. He did do very big things over there in uh, Sacramento. I just feel like with what he had, and and mind you that the they played beautiful, like they played fucking beautiful basketball versus the Warriors, and just to see them do that with what they had, like, and I know that that they have Fox and uh and Bonus, but. They don't have much depth. They don't. They don't have much depth. And so, for what they did, and they went third in the uh, West, I think. And um, just like seeing like how much they fought versus the previous fucking champions, just was something to see. Um, and I feel like coaching that team with that depth is uh, harder than what the Heat have. Um, so I would definitely say, in my opinion, Mike Brown just he did a spe- and mind you, the Heat they were booty during the regular season. They were booty. They were not good. And so they they're they're all in now, but before they weren't. So the Kings balled out for the whole season and they played. They went to 
seven with the reigning champions. So I, I just feel like Mike Brown just brought a lesser team to a further point for longer than the Heat. Right. I can well, n- n- uh, not a further point, but like in the sense of making it to a, be- a better playoff standing at first, they-, they did better than the Heat. And Mike Brown had to have had been the the focal point for that because their depth lacked for sure. I respect that statement. I respect that statement. And to be honest, like we did have a lot of Kings believers this year, and rightfully so because you know we had people talking about light the beam and all this extra shit. They earned it, you know. And Mike Brown, <laughs> right? And and Mike Mike Brown was one of those. Mike Brown was one of those reasons. You know, he came out there and he's been a coach that has low key gotten the short end of the stick in some of his previous locations just because of the situation that I feel like he's had. But he needs the he damn sure needs the respect he he needs for what he did this year, if anything. Because he took a team that, quite frankly, overperformed, overachieved, to be honest, to a level that probably, you know, they would never see if he was not in that in that same predicament. So we got to give credit to Mike Brown. I'm still going with Spo, though. Fuck that. He culture. That's my guy. Fuck everywhere. Everybody's saying Spo, that's the best coach in the league. I ain't trying to hear it. Smack, you can share your take real quick before we uh, close things off with predictions for game three. Man, I believe Coach Coach Bo has been the best coach since damn near 2015, 2016. People gotta realize the teams that we had. That is a hot take. That is a hot take. And we ain't do shit. You talking about the teams we had? Like the teams that we had during those years. Like we're we're almost we're 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 damn near playoff teams with those. Some of them they they made the playoffs, but obviously first round or second round exit. But when people gotta think about it, since Paul been in the league, like the Heat have rarely ever been a lottery team. Literally, it's only like literally, out of our two picks that we had, it's only Bam and Hero that we got from the lottery. And those are two years out of the many years coach has been playing. We've we're a playoff team. We have deep runs. Like it's rarely ever time we miss the playoffs. And then, as we've seen, like everybody's been talking about undrafted, these undrafted guys, these guys here, it's like these gems, Hassan Whiteside, Josh Richardson in the past, like. Like that, Coach Bo and his crew and his coaching staff, like they've been able to find these gems and players that people like. Dang, like we, where did he come from? Like I don't even know who this person is. Develop them well, give them confidence, help help coach their game, and then look at them now. Like now, Strews, guys like Strews, Kayla Murray, look at Hassan. Hassan got a huge con. <laughs> Hassan got a huge contract. Those guys out here now, they're going to get bags now in the league, and then now they have a lot of value to, to provide for other teams and now could potentially start. And, like, without without a, without a coaching staff like Spo and his crew, they would have never had the chance or the opportunity and to be able to grow their game and instill a confidence and a culture within them. So, personally, to me, like, yeah, yeah, Mike Brown's been an amazing coach, Steve Kerr as well, and Greg Popovich. Those guys have been all, all great coaches. I believe like uh, Spo has been had it for quite a while, especially with what he's had to deal with and what he's had, what he's been able to foster, uh, foster up yeah. and build. I agree. I agree. I must say, to one of your points that you just made, I didn't know who the hell Highsmith was until about early in the playoffs, mid playoffs. So they do have, they do have a have a thing of of finding finding diamonds in other man's trash. So. You know, it's been it's been a staple for the Miami Heat, and it's been a staple for a coach like Spo. And you know, although there's many other coaches that we can attest to, like Mike Brown, like Jay pointed out, who's definitely in the discussion. Greg Popovich has been in the discussion, although recently his teams, uh, I don't even know. Let's not really talk about 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 Pop. But you know, it's a it's it's, it's a great discussion for sure. But these coaches need more respect. 
with any more damn respect, sure. I feel like. Because they yeah. show their face during the playoffs when they need it most, when we see adjustments, like yeah. being able to see tendencies, be able to just try things, add new guys, try new lineups like that, that. That shit is huge in the playoffs, and I feel like people don't believe, and that's why they always sleep on us. I tell people, like, okay, like, yeah, this team is ta- more talented. Like, in the Bucks series, like I say, yeah, they're, they they got more talented guys, but we have the better coach. And as we've seen, the better coach made the better adjustments and the better clean game plan, and look what happened. We yeah. beat them in five. Preach, man. But, but. But to be fair, though, I feel like with Spo, he has two Pat Riley and mm. just like his and Mike Brown does not. He didn't have that that True. figure who's been there, done that, got that that experience and that shit like that. And Spo does, and Spo has had that. That is so I do. So I, I do think about that. That that's a spade because yeah, Pat Riley. We know who Pat Riley is, and we know he's still um, that important to the Heat organization. And I'm I wouldn't put it past him, although he might not say it publicly. I wouldn't put it past him hopping in the lab with them boys when when it's time to make adjustments and it's time to figure things out. So he does he does have that Godfather behind him, um, showing him the ropes and 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 you know teaching him a thing or two. So that is definitely a spade. But um, we're getting at about an hour of recording so far, so I think we can kind of try to close up with just our predictions for game three. What do we think is going to happen? What do we think, uh, you know, is going to go wrong? What do we think is going to go right? And um, who do we got winning the game? You know, money on the line. Who we got? I can start off on this one. Um, <clears throat> that one. <laughs> that. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? Eh? I'm sorry. Oh yes, 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 yes. I was wrong. I was wrong. So I have to do my my due diligence and and and, and come here and get this shit right this time. So <sighs> that win was huge for the Miami Heat, and I don't think people realize how big of a win that was for the overall course of this series because from everything we've been hearing from one of our posts on our Instagram, if y'all don't follow our Instagram at Miami Killzone, what are you doing? But you know, Miami has been doubted out since day one. And rightfully so. They were a play-in team. I'm not going to sit here and act like the Heat haven't shocked the world because they have. And they deserve whatever credit is coming their way. But they're still, you know, they're still suffering the ramifications of being the underdog and still being undervalued. So I feel like that game two win was a shocker for the NBA world. And I feel like it was this the perfect right the right e that they need to take into the next into and bringing it back down into miami so game three at the crib i'm hearing tyler hero is probably not going to suit up um he's still not clear to, to to perform but i feel like that's more so because they won game two being that you know they're a little bit less desperate where you know it's a one one series as opposed to zero two so we can hold off on tyler hero but it's the momentum that they needed and they're going to bring it to home and i feel like they are going to take game three. I feel like the Heat are going to come out. Denver's going to make adjustments. I feel like, you know, Mike Malone needs his credit because he'd be in the lab working with um, his his team. But that momentum that the Heat just came out with, and I feel like they've kind of started to solve out, you know, solve the Denver Nuggets even to the slightest degree. I feel as though they're going to come home and handle business. Now, the game is going to be very close, I feel like. I'm going to predict the game. I'm scoreboard's going to be... I'm gonna say like 109, 112 in the Heat's favor. I'll say that. That's that's my score check for for um, game three. It's still gonna be very close, but I feel like 
I feel like Jimmy's going to come out there. Spolstra is going to be able to combat whatever changes Mike Malone is going to throw at the Miami Heat. And inevitably, you know, the terrible Heat crowd, the terrible Heat culture that everybody likes to speak about, I feel like that's all bullshit. Yeah. We're going to come out there with them pots and pans, and we're going to handle business. So I'm going with my Miami Heat for game three. What y'all think? Key, you want to go next? Um, I personally think <clears throat> that he got the Nuggets number. Ooh. I feel like I feel like I feel like I hate saying this because teams usually respond or like you don't know. How we, I've never seen Nuggets like this before. Every time they play, they dominate. Miami came in that bit, and even though the Nuggets did get a lead back, the Heat answered. And something that I've never seen this whole playoffs, the Nuggets didn't answer back. The Heat kept hitting them, hitting them, hitting them, hitting them, hitting them. Um, again, the main thing that has to go down is these shooters have to make their shots. They have to. If they make their shots, I, 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 I don't see Miami struggling that hard with the boys. Then again, Nuggets were hitting their shots; they weren't getting much opportunities. So let's see um, how both teams play at a high level. But I feel like Eric Spoelstra. He gonna come in that bit and change something up on him again. He might start Adonis Haslam. You'll be shocked. <laughs> he don't know what's gonna happen next. Hey, you. I was watching the game. I saw someone come in with a with just a hoodie on by the um by the um what's that shit called again? The bench. Well, you know, the before score, you come in the game. The Score stable, and I said, "Is that you, D? Uh, <laughs> are we going that far? Are we going that far in the bag? Nah, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> don't think that's, that's funny. Though. But um, I, I um, I have my witness. Uh, Miami, um, they were also undefeated until they lost those dumb games to uh, the Boston Celtics. That game winner by freaking Derek White and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami were undefeated, but they also a really good, strong team at, at home. I think they 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 come in, they kick the rock, and they hit Nuggets' knee really hard. And I think they're gonna take this game too. Um, now, let's see, uh, let's see if they play at high levels, both teams. I'll, I'll be very excited for finals. Uh, you want to say what the score would be? The last guy was pretty close. I was, hold you. It was pretty close with uh, your last prediction. I gotta give it to you. So yeah, it was closer though. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I think Miami keeps the lead this whole game, and Nuggets might come back answering towards the end like they did again. And I will say um, one eighteen to one ten. One eighteen to one ten. Okay, okay. So you got them winning by eight. Yeah. Mind you, I'm pretty sure Denver is three point favorites right now. So you have them completely blowing out Vegas. Hell yeah. Okay. If you want to bet, use my prediction. If you want to bet. That boy got some spades. Jay, what you think? Michael Porter, minus 15. Uh, <laughs> Gordon, minus 7. <laughs> minus 11. Pope, minus 14. And Murray, minus 2. Mind you, with those shitty number, with those shitty minuses, they still lost by three. Mm-hmm. Three points. That's and it true. came down to a bucket that had the Heat fans shitting their draws. <laughs> so, I got nuggets. Um, but I feel like they don't need to make much, like, much changes. And they just didn't shoot well. They didn't play well. They were minus. Like, their whole five were minus, and they still lost by three. Um. I just feel like they play better and they 
beat the Heat for sure. Respectable. That's my, my opinion. Score check. And 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 I, I feel like they're gonna beat them by not sure the score, but I would say by four, by okay. four points. So, so, so let, let's say uh, 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 ninety six to 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 uh, one hundred for sure. Okay. So you got a low scoring game, defensive game for you in game three. Low scoring game, yeah defensive game okay for sure i can respect that take thank you for bringing some different insight because you know what mckinley's gonna say already we already know what what smack is gonna say ah <laughs> uh, yes 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 <laughs> you know again like you know my my very close prediction last time you know 110 uh you know 107 you know the score was like what 111 108 so you're not real close but um it's another hard game because what like uh, agreeing what Jay said, you know they always in minuses. You know guys weren't hitting, uh, guys weren't hitting. You know we're seeing KCP and Michael Porter, so they definitely should bring it. Especially, um, I'm not sure if you guys seen the um, little post. Uh, I want to say, um, I want to say post conference, but like the talk uh, Mike Malone had with his team, I feel like they should come out with a, a lot better energy. And obviously KCP should be he should clean up those fouls that he had late in the game those dumb three-point fouls that he gave us but um it's it's tough I, I feel like i might be swinging towards a heat blowout in this one only reason being because i know you guys seen the stat of altitude they at five they at like what five thousand feet and then we at five foot up below sea level i mean above sea level so i feel like that altitude might swing in our favor you know they they so high up you know when you come down to south beach you know that humidity ain't no joke Especially when you're not used to playing from here. I mean, granted, they're inside, but, you know, it, it ain't no joke coming from that high altitude coming now you damn near right at the sea level. So I feel like that might play into our favor, you know. It, it might not matter, but I feel like that might. Um, it should be another great game, though. You know, Spo and Mike Malone is going to be another chess match. It's going to be very interesting to see. I don't think Spo's going to do what he did last game and save his best offense for last because that might be foolish and that might get us blown maybe but it should be another close game i predict score to be i think i think it might be on the lower scoring side again um i think i'll go with 105 to 100 heat favor 105 to 100 okay as you can see your your typical mkz host we still got our biases of the miami heat jay's probably the only one with with some reasonable insight i'm just joking but you know, hey man, it's been it's been a pleasure. This episode has been a pleasure. Thank you, um, everybody for tuning in. Thank you so much, Jay Guapo, for spending some time kicking it with us, having some conversation with the boys. Man, we appreciate having you. We look forward to the next time. And you know, it's been sure. a it's, it's been a pleasure. My typical host. I say this every episode. Love y'all niggas, man. Same shit every day. Great work, great work. Key, we still can't hear your claps. I don't know what the fuck going on with your audio, boy. You have to this grits. But hey, before we get out of here, I just want to pose one question again. I know, I know niggas probably like, ah, this nigga love questions. But um <clears throat> just some some a little different, a little lighthearted to, to to see us out. Let's talk a little music. Let's talk a little music. I'm gonna just pose a quick music question, okay? We've been seeing the um the recent beefs in the in the in the rap game. Out of these three artists, okay, you pick one and the rest of discography gots to go. They never existed. Their music has never existed. Say goodbye. The three artists we got are Dirk, Young Boy. 
it's mainly them two because they've been beefing lately. But if I'm gonna throw a third in there, I'm gonna say G Herbo. What's everybody's What's everybody's choice on on who stays uh, uh, and yeah. the other two gotta go? I know it's tough. It's tough, but who? Oh, it's easy for me. Oh, it's easy for you. Yeah. Who's staying? Herbo. Okay, I respect that statement. I respect that statement. I respect. That. Young boy can get his ass out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like. Oh, oh, so all so everybody's saying young boy out of here. The the, the yeah. young boy fans not gonna be able to not gonna not gonna fuck with that answer. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I I probably staying with young boy. I can't even lie to you. Ooh, that's the problem right there. That's the problem right there. Get him out of here. You're fucking dangerous, my boy. Exactly. <laughs> dangerous. I ain't gonna lie. You know, I was I was uh, I was around with some of my boys and they some big young boy fans. Shout out to my boy Milan and Taru, but. Hey, them boys been putting me on, so like being around them for a whole season or two, I can't even lie. Uh, I, I got to stick young low boy. Yo, you love some young boy now, huh? He, he sound like Sherrod, uh, Johnny. Shout out, shout out, Sherrod. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, Jay, who you taking? Uh, I'm taking, I'm taking Dirk because Ooh. I just feel like he got more music that appeals to different. Uh, different like emotions like like he got some hard shit mm-hmm. he got some lover shit right. he got some smooth shit he got some shit that can appeal to all shits and I feel like if you take away his music you taking a lot of fucking a lot of different aspects from music and it would be tough Okay, I can respect that. I can respect that. I can respect that. And for those of y'all that didn't know, Jay is actually a, a artist. So Jay, if you want to shout out your rap name, whatever, whatever you want to shout out, show love to the people. I'm, I'm sure everybody gonna tune into your music. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I'm on Spotify, YouTube, all, 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 all platforms. But um, Jay Guapo, um, that's the the um, uh, tag and eight few fucking names may pop up but mine i gotta cover art with some some wolves on it so that's me um and yeah shit i make music and shit uh check me out for sure Sure. Most definitely, most definitely. So as y'all see, he knows what he's talking about. I kind of put my mouse on the screen just so y'all can see specifically how his name is written. But it's there right there. Oh, yeah, y'all, yeah, yeah. yeah, y'all show love and, and, and tune into my dog music. If I'm picking one, I'm going to be real. I get I get what Jay's talking about from Dirk's perspective. I get what you're talking about from Youngboy's perspective, Smack. Because they're both tremendous artists. But nothing's going to ride like that G Herbo ride. I'm sorry. I know it might be in some a lot of the music might sound the same. Some people say offbeat, but when that G Herbo sliding, that G Herbo is sliding, boy. Like I could be in that. We think you're ahead of not us. And to Carriva, some Like you feel me? Like I could be in that big grooving. You feel me? But I can respect Dirk and Young Boys take. I just wanted to throw a little tough question in there. But hey, like we said, this is episode seven. That's a wrap. Thank you so much, Johnny, once again for joining us and everybody else for showing love. And yeah, it's been it's been it's been quite a journey and we're we're gonna keep it pushing. This summer we're we're dropping episodes back to back to back to back. We're gonna be in this lab for real, for real, man. We're trying to make something out of this. So appreciate y'all so much for tuning in and that's it for NKZ. Gang.